What's up, everybody? It is Friday, June 11th. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Once again, Pat had to uh, run over to SmackDown to get ready for tonight's show, 8 p.m. on Fox. Still a good show today. We're in the dog days of summer right now. There's not really a whole lot to talk about. We have Darius Butler joining us down here in Tampa. A.J. Hawk joins the show. Michael Cole stops by for a little bit. Packers beat writer Bob Domovsky stops by to give a little clarity on the Aaron Rodgers situation. If you like the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like you never heard it. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. Let's get into it. Wrapping up the week that was, plus some new topics to talk about, like, for instance... The Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals are happening in the NHL. It is down to the final four teams on who will be taking home Lord Stanley's Cup. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, moved to the Western Conference finals last night after beating the Colorado Avalanche. And the Colorado Avalanche, by the way, just a couple weeks ago, were at plus 150 to win the Stanley Cup. Everybody else was at plus 500 or more. The Colorado Avalanche won six straight games to launch themselves into this 2021 playoff run. And then all of a sudden, after going up 2-0 against the Vegas Golden Knights, Marc-Andre Fleury, Stoner, and the boys decided that they were not going to lose a game again. Hell yeah. Vegas Golden Knights win 6-3, getting in the finals against the Canadiens on the West Coast over there. I guess, I don't know where Montreal is. It's north. I think so. It's up there. Is it over there yeah, to the north, left? Yeah. Northwest. Is it up above Dakotas? Is it, is it near the Dakotas, you think? I uh, thought more like Montana. Montana. Yeah. Idaho. Oh, okay. I was even Michigan. Well, what about right there above Wisconsin? Is it there, too? Is it up there uh, above I Wisconsin? I think that's more Manitoba. Oh, yeah. Saskatoon, you yeah, see. in the Saskatoon mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> and in the east, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning, the city we're in. Let's go, Bolts. Hey, here we go, Bolts. And the team that might be kissed by the hockey gods right now, the New York Islanders, where everything seems to be going their way. They just brutalized the Bruins. And then they took out the best team in hockey, the Pittsburgh Penguins, in their first round. Here we go, NHL. Congratulations. Yeah, here we go, hockey. The NBA is still happening. Obviously, we'll talk some about that today. Uh, A guy that got caught beating his meat on a Zoom call in front of his coworkers is back on television talking about it. We have to talk about that. Welcome back. Welcome back. back. Back, Jeff. Sorry. boy, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Tubin stared down the face of awkwardness, just stared it right down and said, put me back on TV. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to tell him what I've been doing the last seven months. You want us to talk about what had happened? Need to. Have to. Are we not journalists here? Yeah, you got to do it. All right. Well, I'm going to have to say everything that happened. Is that all right? Yeah, you got to do it. And I'm going to have my answer. This lady on CNN said, hey, so let's take it. Let's take these people back. <laughs> yeah. Right, right to Jeff Tubin's face. Let's take these people back. You were on a Zoom call at the New Yorker, a place you worked 27 years, and uh, you started beating the shit out of your penis you right in front of everybody. Blood. All right, That's you were right. bopping the hell out of your thing down there. It was caught. It was live. It went viral. You got fired. Now what have what have you been? How, how are you? That's kind of how it started with this guy. And good for him. He talked about therapy and giving back, becoming a better human. And then he even cut a promo. Yeah, cut a promo at the end. And I'm also writing a book, by the way, if you want to hear that. So Jeff Tubin stepped right back into the batter's box. Good for him. Good luck out there. Uh, There is a lot of questions about where his penis had potentially been bopped there, right? Ain't that right, Tom? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, some people are saying, hey, he did this once on Zoom, and that's terrible. But then a lot of people are saying... 
where else has this guy been smacking his baloney around the office for the last 27 years? I mean, it just... and, at, and at Darius J. Butler, uh, always joining us on his Feel Good Friday shout to CBDMD, uh, live from the Fandle Beach House down here in Tampa. And Darius, as soon as we heard about this problem, uh, me personally, I knew it was a white. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's safe to assume. I knew this was going to be a white. I, I, I wasn't sure. No way. Sure. Uh, Deepa, that I is very I nice like of we you. We can all relate. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just lived out a lot of guys' probably nightmares. Man. Yeah. But, but I mean, you literally kind of have, yeah. you know, you, you got to put some time aside for that. You know, when you're working, well, you're working. The first. Middle the main of the thing got to be the main yeah. thing. I mean, it was the middle of the day, you know. Jeez, so maybe, so. you know, you saw Wolf of Wall Street in mm-hmm. that executive world. I don't know how often they are just. <laughs> Absolutely slaughtering themselves. Two, in, three times a day. I, that's what, in Wolf of Wall Street, it's in the same speech where he says, ah, <laughs> that whole speech where he goes, it's a, a Ferris wheel, basically. Mm-hmm. You just keep him on the ride. He actually says in there, like, hey, how many times you... Those are rookie numbers. So yeah. I don't know what these executives are doing, okay? In somebody that's worked 27 years at the New Yorker, I assume he and I would never, ever have been friends. Just right ever, ever. I know nothing about him, and who knows how much and what that guy is like. Is this normal up there? Is that why Is that why they were like, uh, okay, let's get him back on TV. Let's go ahead and dress his head on. It, it is a 1 o'clock in the afternoon mid-Zoom call spank sesh. Is that something that just uh, everybody's like, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. I did not know people were just slaughtering themselves <laughs> midday at the desk like that in the executive corporate world. What are you guys doing over there? Well, that's what I assumed that, you know, it's oh, it's a high stress, high, high you know, situation. I, I need to relieve myself. But also, I mean, you know, I, I have no qualms with spanking your baloney at 1 p.m. No. Just say your stomach's acting up. These guys probably <laughs> got his own private bathroom. Like, oh, man, I got diarrhea a little bit. I'll be back in 25 minutes. He probably got jerky. Was he in the there. one he that pre- grabbed the lotion and walked all the way back over to the call? Do you remember that? There was oh, yeah. there was numerous people that, that was that him? I think that was a different guy. I don't think that was him. But I remember that. Oh my oh, yeah. oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, my no. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Tubin's back on TV on CNN, though, just so everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I found out about that via Clay Travis tweet that went viral because Clay Travis got on CNN one time and he said he liked boobs or something yeah, like that. Yeah, boobs in the Third Amendment. First, second first, amendment. One of, first Amendment, maybe. Second yeah. Amendment, maybe Third Amendment. We're not sure which one. Uh, probably not the 13th if I had to go. <laughs> I, I assume that was not going to be the one he was talking about on TV, but he talked about the boobs one. Uh, he got banned. And then his tweet is saying, I got banned for saying boobs. Uh, this particular tweet said, um, uh, this particular CNN segment said, uh, hey, sir, you, uh, in front of people you've known for 20 plus years mm-hmm. in a very prestigious meeting, uh, <laughs> you went ahead and just, you unzippered your pants, uh, sir, you, you, you had bare butt cheeks on your seat. Yeah. Right in front of all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you spit in your hand, sir. We saw you do that. And then you you want the town on yourself. Pulled your grub worm out. It was in the middle of a pandemic. Into- <laughs> Come on, Come on. Who knows what this guy was dealing with, man? I, I mean, I'm interested to know what the hell was those therapy sessions. Like, what, what kind of therapy sessions? Well, he, he said he started going to a food bank or something like that, too, to become yeah. a better person. I'm because sure. There's been a lot of questionable oh, yeah. therapy sessions. I mean, let's not forget Papa John was working for, you know, 12 months just to, you know, fix his vocabulary. So this guy, let him be. I'll tell you what, the old whites, okay, and it's not all, obviously, and that is, I I feel like I use this term a lot, and I don't want every older white to think like they are associated with it. But I'll tell you what, 
there's a, a specific breed of older white that has found themselves in some fucking predicaments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has been it has been very fascinating to watch. But Jeff Tubin back on TV. Hey, welcome back, Jeff. Good luck, Jeff. Good luck out there, man. That is <laughs> That is like nightmare, though, I think, right? Like number oh, one yeah. through oh, five, yeah. probably. Well, uh-huh. Getting caught doing it and yeah. then having to do a follow-up interview on CNN about it, I assume that Man. is... It doesn't matter what this guy does for the rest of his life. Whoa! Like, he, it really doesn't. He could probably cure cancer and be like, oh, yeah, you were that guy who was smacking his balloon around on, <laughs> on CNN. I mean, <laughs> Jeff Tubin, I think you could rewrite your entire history. I hope about. he does. He might be a lot more relatable to a lot of people. You never know. Derek, sounds like sounds like you potentially know some people that maybe, hey Tubes, you're all right yeah. by us, pal. I mean, he's good with me, man. He's good with me. And they put, I mean, he took it. You know, they freaking just shame, shame, shame. Imagine your first day back in. All right, let's revisit just in case anybody missed it. Just yeah. Remind the world who you are. Hey, but uh, he's back, man. Welcome back. Shout out to CNN though, like you know, saying, hey, the standard's the standard here. We are gonna. <laughs> You know, take advantage of every situation with that could possibly become to in the art of news or whatever. And hey, it just so happens to be you today, dude. So we're gonna put you in there, and you're gonna be uncomfortable, but we're gonna have to address it, and uh, we'll move on. All right, sound good? And the guy tubes like, I've seen it all. Please, <laughs> have you seen my Twitter mentions? Yeah, yeah right. Jeff Tubin's oh. life for the last seven months. Probably what was that, Zito? What was that, Zito? Zito just yelled something back there. I think he said something about cookies. Uh, talk about his Twitter mentions. Got people. a piece of tape on Zito's. Laptop cam? Oh. Smart. Smart Zito. Smart Zito. He should pivot and use this. I mean, make him the face of, like, flashlights or something. Cause <laughs> or maybe point, even the thing that does cover the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hand lotion, maybe? You know, jerk it. This guy... This guy could potentially run a... That's three different buckets right there. Yeah. You just talked about the sex industry, the... Uh, moisturizing industry. Yep. And then also the security industry with yeah. the thing to cover up the thing. Tubes could be out here maybe flipping this thing into a massive ordeal, but happy old Tubes is back. Congrats, yeah. man. Congrats, Congrats man. Congrats, I mean, absolute stooge, dumbass. Can, 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 <laughs> that's going to ha- I mean, that happens to a lot of people, but way to step back in the battle. That's box, right. Dude. Good work, Jeff. Um, there Let is some. What's that? Let Jeff beat Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's what he's yelling. <laughs> this show. This show. Listen, we're only covering it because it's news, but. Uh, that was not supposed to be as big of a part of the beginning of that show, obviously. We found out about that this morning, moments before we go live. I'm not sure how a human, I guess Jeff Tubin's thinking the same thing. I'm not sure how a human's not supposed to want to do this if they got the urge or whatever. But for me, I'm not sure how I was supposed to not talk about that for the first seven to eight minutes of, a, of the show that you have here on a Friday. As soon as I get, what an absurd time to be alive. Just yeah. what an absolutely absurd Crazy. time to be alive. Darius Butler, happy you got a chance to, uh, you know, tell Jeff Tubes yeah. out there. Maybe the future is a little bit brighter for that guy, huh? Yeah, man. Flip it, man. Make it a good thing. Make it work for you, man. Uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, this, the big news, though, that was going to lead off the day is Russell Wilson had to address the offseason that was around the time when Tubes was beating his. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, roughly around there. I, I don't remember exactly because quarantine months all kind of blend together. You know, I, I think we all remember like beginning days like, OK, Tiger King. And then like towards the end, whenever there was wave three, four coming. I mean, they all kind of blend together. But during that quarantine for a, a pretty good chunk, I think of I mean, it, not a majority, obviously, but a pretty good chunk. It was Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll hate each other. Yeah. 
Russell Wilson thinks the offensive line in uh, Seattle stinks. Terrible. Russell Wilson's team, the chefs, the massage therapists, the cardio people, the strength people, the bike people, the weights people, the lawn people, the content people, team three, was not happy at all with the way this thing was going with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. After, you know, Shoddy gets fired out of there, his offensive coordinator, Pete Carroll, says there's philosophical differences, which is basically saying uh, the way they want to run it is Russell Wilson the way I'd like to run it is much differently than just Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson allegedly via his team wanted to be remembered as a top five quarterback of all time. Can't do that if you don't win. You're out of the spotlight and you're on a team that doesn't necessarily want to let you throw it 30, 35, 40 times a game like they were last year. Let Russ cook was the narrative, and it sounded like Pete Carroll wanted to bring in a sous chef. It's just the way he wanted him to survive and everything. Like It got ugly, to be honest. It almost got uncomfortable between the two sides. And there was real conversations about him going to Chicago, maybe. Hey, him and Sierra... They love Chicago. Love it. City's beautiful. How about Miami? Love (laughs) Miami. That was a real thing. His team actually came out and told Schefter, like, hey, he addressed it today or maybe yesterday at the mandatory minicamp. We knew this day was coming. I was excited to see how they would just move past this as if nothing happened. Kind of what happened in Russell Wilson's first really media appearance since the whole altercation. Can we run it? No, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Don't have that one. Jesus. Really? That was like such a good throw, too, like a host throw. <laughs> I did like the full fucking thing there. Uh, Russell Wilson basically acted like it didn't happen, though, by the way. that's yeah, he kind of He kind of just said. I have the quote here. Okay. No, uh, don't need the quote. Let's get to the video because the way he was saying it was such Russell Wilson. Like, let me find it on Twitter here. But him having to address it. Like, knew this was going to happen because him and his offensive yeah. line and everything like that. He said he's talked to Pete Carroll every single day, and it's not a problem at all, D. But your thoughts on this and how they roll yeah. out of it? Honestly, I think he wanted to get out of there. You know, you saw the interview him talking about him wanting more input and in roster and things like that. And it just didn't happen. So now, I mean, it's time to play football. So you got to come out as a quarterback, as a leader, and say those things. And he, I'm sure he believes it. You know, he's got to do that this year. And I think next year we probably revisit this whole thing again. But um, unless they go, go on and win it or go on and get close. But, um, you know, I think he wanted to get out of it. It just didn't go down how he wanted it to. And the, the thing about him talking to Pete and in this way, if I can find the clip of him talking, which I thought was going to be much easier to find. The, um, the thought of... No, the group text doesn't even have it. Obviously, everybody's busy. The um, the thought of him saying, I've talked to Pete Carroll, like every mm-hmm. single day, he said, uh, he's been back in the building. He looked very upbeat, standard Russell Wilson. He looked like standard, upbeat Russell Wilson. Go Hawks. Uh, here we go, go Hawks. Mm-hmm. And it was... It's it's that's a great way to approach it, I think, if you're Russell Wilson, because if you move on the quicker you move on, the quicker everybody else is gonna move on. But the offensive line was buried publicly. And no, there's no way they can do like um <laughs> they can't just guys are trying to get paid, guys are trying to win, guys are trying to live their life. So it's not like a guy, especially at the offensive line position, is gonna be like, you know, like, hey, there you go, go ahead and do mm-hmm. what you got or a lookout block or whatever, which uh, obviously means that you don't touch the person and you have to scream, look out to whoever's behind you. And there's there's a lot of different ways that you can't do that in the NFL. But a quarterback and offensive line getting along is probably a good thing. Let's assume that they've patched that relationship and they're just going to move did on. He, did he personally come out and say that? Team. Like, take, team see, that, that, you know, so he kind of 
And, and he said today, by the way, I never asked for yeah. a trade. Right. I never yeah. did anything. But yeah. it was always the team yeah. around him that asked. Yeah. So it was. I mean, you kind of obviously it's your responsibility to keep your team in check because usually that's how people kind of put things out there. But at the same time, if you're a part of that O line group, shit. I mean, you know if you're shitty or not. And then you also know, hey, some of this is on you, Russ. You know, stop. We have a pocket, and sometimes you run yourself into trouble. So I think they both got to do better. <laughs> you think they I have think a they meeting? Will. You think they have a meeting and talk about that? You think they go like, hey, Russ, we went through this. We'd like to apologize for our part of what happened. And, and offensive linemen, by the way, normally the most selfless group of people. Yeah, that is. But if you piss them off, a complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is not a good group of people to have mad at you. And Russ would probably. I mean, want them on his side. He was probably friends with them too. So I assume like even more so like whenever the offensive line hears the team three saying like they can't protect them, they can't do yeah. this. I assume it hurt even more. So I assume there's just a conversation you have, but it never came from us. Here's the video that we were referring to earlier. Good work back there, finding it, everybody. The video, listen to the way he talks about this because I mean, we had to cover it every day because we're in the middle of a sports stoppage and it was happening. I think eh, maybe sports were back at the time, but this was something that was very real. There was a meeting in North Dakota that happened between Chicago Bears and Seattle Seahawks and an offer was made for Russell Wilson the way this was handled by Russ here in his first time in a microphone fucking Bob Ross art here <laughs> listen to this thing listen to this the, the reality was, was that a lot of people there was a whole thing saying that I requested a trade and that's just not true you know I didn't request a trade you know so I think everything kind of started from there uh, and then obviously tons of teams were calling and I think that the reality was is that I didn't really want to go anywhere else. I wanted to play in Seattle, but if I had to go somewhere, these are the teams I would go to. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like that that makes sense. I mean, I didn't want to go anywhere, but if I was, I mean, these are the seasons. And I didn't ask for a trade, by the way. I mean, my team might have. I did not. It just fucking beautiful Perfect. work by Russell Wilson right there. Go ahead, Ty. Do you, so you do think that the stuff with his O-line squashed already? No. Okay, because I, like... I mean, I feel like that's something those guys aren't going to forget. You when know? the season starts, that would be over. And and if they start, especially if they start winning and playing well, then it's like, who cares? But you think they they still have some stuff they need to do to like work things out there, right? And I think, and Darius, we can follow right after this with either a correction or a, you know, like agree statement, uh, confirmation. <laughs> what I was looking for there. Oh, yeah. Um, like, there's nothing that can happen on the field. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do your job well, you're not going to get paid. You're not going to win. You're not going to do that. It's just everything else. Like an offensive line, a quarterback, like that's to be pretty yeah. close. Right. That's like a classic thing. Yeah. So I don't know if that has been fractured. I, don't I know mean, if yeah, camaraderie is important because you can do your job, but if you like the guy you're protecting, oh. you you play better. And you can watch football on Sundays. You can tell if that line sometimes likes the guy they're blocking for. By the way. Andy Dalton. Yes, exactly. Dies. Yeah, it's, that's like a real thing. Yeah, and by the way, that says a lot, not just in just think about the reaction to that Cowboys Andy Dalton kill shot. Now, Andy Dalton was new to the team. Dak had been hurt. I mean, who knows why and how that whole thing happened. But think about the reflection of the entire culture of that place that we started, like every player base. And now maybe the media didn't. And they were like, uh, you know, Andy Dalton was hurt and nobody would touch him. It was like all ex-players, though, they're in media were immediately like, <laughs> There should have been something right there. Yeah. That was a reflection on the entire culture, I think. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that will ever happen with Russell in the offensive line, but that is something that you normally just assume if things are going to go well here, these two are going to be tight. And that's just something that has to happen. Russell Wilson seems like a guy who can 
kind of guide through anything and mm-hmm. kind of maybe take it head on and say, hey, we made some mistakes. The team made some mistakes saying these things. I didn't know it was going to go publicly, which might be true, by the way. So I don't know. I, I think they can get and over some, it. Some of it's on Russ, too. Oh. I, I, don't think, I don't think that's talked about enough. Um, he's obviously the a great. And stuff? Yeah, but he's a great quarterback. I mean, you, the first word that comes to mind when you think about Russ is like Houdini. But sometimes that gets him into trouble. And uh, obviously it's, that's when he makes his greatest plays as well. So I think he, he can find a more of a balance there. And then the offensive line got to get better. But I think it's a chance that they can still mend things. I think so. Uh, you know, and be, and be on point. I think so too. Especially if you're winning. And the thing about Russ is that what, that's what makes him good too, you know? So there, there can be a, a world where it exists where he does get sacked and he still plays like he does. But the problem comes whenever they – his team calls out other people for yeah. his style of play, what makes him great kind of affecting him. You know what I mean? So is his team not understand football? Whoa. Mm. I wouldn't say that. But <laughs> Russ, top five football player all the time. I mean, he said it. He's going to yeah. probably end up there. Yeah. He's never got Top five all the time? That's what he said. Oh. Listen. Yeah, remember? He wants to be top five. What are you doing? You don't know. Hey, he's yeah. never got one single vote for Mr. Unlimited up there. No, oh, I completely forgot about I Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> which had to be okayed by Team 3, by the way. <laughs> right. Which I assume the offensive line will remember when talking to Russ about Team 3 statements. Uh, I assume that would be something, but go ahead. With how tough that division is, if they if they don't, you know, make the playoffs and, you know, win because winning cures everything. If they're not winning, do you assume, you He's know, gone, Pete Carroll or Russ, yeah, one of the two will probably be out of there next yeah, year? Yeah, for sure. Hey. Yeah, we're friends, man. We love it. We got the same mission here. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as something goes wrong, well, who's, whose fault is it then? Is it your, your – so if you guys are together – is it both of your faults then, or is it one or the other? It's like, we'll see how quickly old Team 3 gets back behind a microphone and uh, Russell Wilson doesn't say anything, but happy to see they're back He's earned it, though. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's earned it. Well, he, he, I think I he's earned the point where he should have some input on the roster. I think he's earned, you know, where he can come out and say what he wants. But And, and they paid him. Oh, yeah. for sure, They yeah. paid him yeah. to put him in a position where he should probably have some input on what's going yeah, on, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're investing in him, don't you think, D-Bud? Oh, hell yeah. But, I mean, it, it makes sense. But as we, as we know, everything they do in those buildings don't always, you know, oh. sometimes those egos get involved. Power. And so, yeah, so. Yeah. And this, mm. this is A-Rod. This is, you know, this is a bunch of quarterbacks, not just Russ. You know, the power comes from what the, the lingo in the contract, right? Because if we listen to what John Lynch said before the draft, he said, uh, who's, who, who has the power? Who's making the decisions? I mean, in the contract, it says me, but I'd be a mm-hmm. fool not to mm-hmm. ask Kyle Shanahan what to do. It. And, and I, I would assume that those contracts are what some people who get in power, they start like, no, no, that's my job to do this. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Gruden. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. exactly. You do this. I do this. I do this, you do this. And when, when really, it should be a team effort, you know? You see all the places where they're doing well, guess what? It seems like it's a good harmony. Now, is that because, do they, are they happy because they win? Or do they win because they're happy? Bingo. I like to think it's a second one. Whenever you see, like, a team together, that team is going to win. And, and it's just, the, it's the X factor that never gets talked about, okay? Never, ever gets talked about. And can you put the toothpaste back into the, <laughs> the bottle after it comes out, after potentially saying some things? Like, for instance, Aaron, in this entire thing, the only time he spoke, he's come out and said, I love my teammates, I love my coaches, yep. right? Because that is a relationship that you cannot fuck up, I don't think, and, and yeah. have success. I, I think that's one you can't fuck up. Front office shit, there's a lot of people in the locker room that don't necessarily love what's going on in the front office, so that can happen. But with Russell, it was, 
offensive line coaches. Right. That's in. That is every day we are going to work trying to accomplish something. I just think that's an X factor that doesn't get talked about. Anymore. That's what's interesting, too, is because he almost already has an out. Like, if they do st- – you know, they don't make the playoffs this year. They start and they're, you know, they go Owen or one and four or something like that. He's got like the, hey, I wanted Brian Schottenheimer here. You guys went out and hired this offensive coordinator. Like, I told you I wanted to be involved in that decision. You didn't let me do it. And now look what's going on. Hey, team three is going to get chirpy. Yeah. Hey, team three, they might go into the ground for seven months. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but these cicadas, <laughs> they will come out of the dirt seven yeah. months later and start talking about what had happened was. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, hopefully they win for the sake of Seahawks fans, which we do not have a lot that listen. And if we do, no matter what we say, they get pissed off of, <laughs> at yep. us, whatever happens. But for the sake of Seahawks fans, Russell Wilson's don't just grow on trees. So mm-hmm. I've said this a lot of times, uh, and I think everybody has. You know, whatever you can do, just get that motherfucker to Sunday. Just yeah. get him. Hey, if you can just get that guy to Sunday, listen, let's hope his teammates like him. If his teammates don't like him, by the way, he's not he's not that guy. Yeah. He's not the guy anyways. Teammates should like him. Teammates should follow him. And let's just get him to Sunday. And when we do, let's go win the game. I mean, yeah. that, is, that is what the NFL is. That Especially is what, if you're Pete Carroll. I mean, how old is Pete Carroll? He don't have that many years left coaching. 70, right? home, yeah, 70-something. So. Yeah, like let's, let's keep him happy. He looks good as a 70. He does oh, look yeah. good, but, you know. Great now shape, too. The coach, so you know he's seventy-five. Well, keep Russ happy, man. Belichick said, "I was planning on retiring at seventy, and I realized he's not that old." Exactly, <laughs> feels much different. Seventy's the new thirty. It, with Belichick having the head coach be a GM, is that why it's so beneficial? Because it's just like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. Well, if it's him, if they're yeah, good. yeah. If I was about to say yeah. if, they're, if they're good because it's been. I mean, Bill O'Brien was a GM in, in Houston. Oh yeah, and, and so it can go. It can go one or two ways. And it's something, I mean, Belichick had Brady, too, so that's a hell of a centerpiece to build around. So, Both um, as a GM and a coach. And a coach. Yeah, having a resume like that or just having no, no. a if you're a, if you're If you're a GM and you can have your best player take less money to continue to build, that helps you. Yeah. And if you're a coach who can have your best player get chewed out on yeah. Mondays after games, that's good for you as a coach. Like Tom Brady helped both the GM and the coaching side of Bill Belichick, but also Bill Belichick helped for sure Tom Brady yeah. for a long, long time. So it's just like it, it, situations, <laughs> okay, are situational. Mm-hmm. But having a coach and a GM on the same page is fucking vital in every situation. It is. So if you have obviously one person now, I guess there are people that conflict with themselves. That definitely helps, but there's not a lot of humans on earth that can accomplish that. There's yeah. the amount of BS bullshit mm-hmm. business that has to get out. Trades potentially happening, phone calls that you have to have, somebody enter- interested in this. What are the new uh, contract rules and clauses? They have lead counsel, obviously, but just salary caps. And then also, by the way, <laughs> each week we got to build a new strategy because yeah. yeah. that's what they do. It's just, I bet it's a bit time-consuming, and I, I don't know if anybody else... I mean, hopefully somebody will, but that's a that's a big that's ass tough. football brain you got to have there. Oh yeah, with the GMs, you know what they say, you know, you can't shake hands without a clenched fist, you know. So did you get that text today? <laughs> nah, I don't even know what the fuck that means. So, <laughs> so, so I don't know if that was. <laughs> we'll we'll get to a break here, but we got to explain that. That's for Jeff, do you get these? Um, do you get these text messages from the NFLPA, dude? Uh, hashtag NFLPA tips. Probably block. 
Well, I blocked those studios. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I so, think I do get them. Though. Look at this. They text every Friday. This, oh, you're uh, right. Yeah. They text every Friday this uh, like life tip. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I responded once. Okay. <laughs> Did he get a response? No, nah, I told say? him. I said, uh, uh, today, oh, athlete and author Sam Ocho will deep dive into his first book. Join in by tweeting and using hashtag PAF Lit League. You may just hear from Sam directly. So I responded, will Sam answer me directly? <laughs> And they did not respond. <laughs> okay. So then there was another time I responded. Uh, they sent their thing out on a Thursday, and it was called Friday Tips. So I told him, "Hey, uh, early. It's Thursday. This doesn't apply today. <laughs> it is. <laughs> hey, it's Thursday. Today though was a good one. That's some. This one's from Indira Gandhi, yeah. which is that the Gandhi we refer to? No, I think that's no. Mahatma. Yeah. Who? Mahatma. That's the Gandhi. That's yes. Gandhi. This is little brother, maybe." Cousin, sibling, nephew, offspring, relative, possibly. Still has the roots of Gandhi. Oh, right. yeah. You got that Gandhi name. You got a lot of pull. Hey, you know, there's been a lot of people saying they come from the Jesus line, too, by the way. I guess really? I, that's like a thing that is, I've is I've it? found some documentaries. Like Koresh? Yeah, exactly. People like that. <laughs> Russ Wills? Uh, I don't think Russ Wilson said that. Maybe Jack Easterby. But anyways, Indira Gandhi says... Um, you cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Oh, how about that? Okay. How about that? With the clen- I thought you said without a clenched. Fist. I did. I fucked it up. Okay, okay. That's what fucked He's not me fucking up. Gandhi. That's the NFL PSA. It's but, not in the lineage. But I'll tell you what. The two uh, stooges here to your left, D. But as soon as they heard that quote, <laughs> they both clenched their left <laughs> fist and then shook with their right hands. <laughs> And uh, uh, they said Gandhi's wrong, actually. Look at that. Look, we did it. Long time ago, Gandhi. Things have changed. <laughs> well, we just don't. We're back on the other side. Um, we will have Michael Cole join us today, 105. Yeah. My commentating partner on Friday Night SmackDown, which is tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. I, to be honest, I have no idea what we'll talk to him about. Do you guys like we'll the see. team? Yeah, yeah. How's the camaraderie there? We're a good team. All right. People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. Oh my Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, no. minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30 and the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those problems where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm-hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com USA. Their supplement contains 
Vitamin D3. What? Zinc. What? Magnesium. What? Maca. What? And ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now from an attic in Ohio, a man who falls asleep while he drives, a man who has won a Super Bowl, a Lombardi, which was a number two seed in our uh, overall trophy bracket, and a man who has won a college football national championship as well. That did not make it into the bracket, I do not Ooh. believe, which is a shame. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. A.J. Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. AJ. AJ, how are you, buddy? Oh, Jesus. Man. <laughs> Just oh, us. okay. Yeah. yeah, it's not probably our fault. Yeah, it's not, though. We always say that with this guy. Probably it, our it, it fault. In AJ's defense, last time I called, the first time it was... It was no! We don't need this shit. We don't need it's that bullshit out of you. you. Hey, t but I don't need Leo. that bullshit. It's not me. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> it's not Zeke either, but I can hear you guys through like the yeah, it was a microphone maybe Zeke's laptop mic too. You know how you normally get to see Zeke before you come live. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, disappointed you didn't get to see him today. He is fully shirtless right behind the camera that I am staring at here. He is. It is very hot down here in Florida. Is that what's going on, Zeke? It's very hot back here. The the sun is beating through this window. Okay, that's Whoa. from the beach. Obviously, there is some pros and cons to having a beach house. One of them is the sun, especially <laughs> down here in Tampa Bay. It is hot as hell. Foxy now has to deal with that same sun and Zitos potential aura now yeah. back there. Hey, way to battle back there, Fox. Hey, it's comfortable. We're good. Yeah. Uh, AJ, great to see you, dude. How are you? Did you watch any of the first hour? We talked about the trophies. Did you get to hear about that at all? And what are your thoughts? Well, the only thing and the most important thing that I heard from the first hour was the uh, Jeffrey Tubin talk. <laughs> Welcome back, Jeff. Everybody loves the comeback story. We're happy to see you back. Come back. And a boy, Jeff. All right, Z. Thank you, Jeff. The uh, how did I know that that would be the only thing from the? That's last all I saw. That is all. Oh, I saw. Yeah, yeah. No, you watched all a right. lot. All you saw was that because we talked. Maybe. To, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that might be it. Russell Wilson has come out and just said, "Nah, I didn't say anything. Don't worry about it. I didn't say I anything. I, I didn't do anything. The team did. It wasn't me. We'll get past that. Well, I want to be here. We're gonna win. Let's go ahead and keep moving." I talked to Pete Carroll. You said nothing about that. You said you did see that right there you just said that i asked about the trophy thing one of which you have won which is up for a prestigious poll right now for the greatest trophy in sports in d butt and the room by the way has it at number two uh overall ranking of two behind the stanley cup i thought you'd talk about that but instead here you are talking about old tubes rubbing rubbing his himself into pleasure and excitement in front of his entire Zoom call after 27 years of working in a place and then coming back on TV and having to talk about it. Of course, that is all you want to talk about, A.J. Hawk. And your thoughts on Tubes and when it happened to old Jeffrey Tubin, what is uh, what was your immediate thoughts and did you ever think you'd see him again? 
Well, first off, I I actually didn't see the whole trophy situation, uh, but I think okay, it's crazy to think sure. Lombardi's not number one. Are we saying like that looks the coolest or the coolest experience would be able to take it home? A Stanley Cup is six times the same. Yeah, I, I, I had Lombardi one to it until I saw him all up there together. I, I didn't side. realize how big how big that uh, Stanley Cup was. So yeah, I mean, whenever you look my... at this, look at that. You got to yeah. zoom out to see that thing. It is large. Now, we do think the NBA... Uh, chose to make theirs bigger than the Lombardi on purpose. We also think that the MLB, which is what this was at, put the Lombardi on a smaller table mm. than the oh, other tables yeah. to potentially make theirs look better. That's just a piece of metal from the MLB, the NBA, and then obviously Stanley Cup. But yeah, we have a full thing. A lot of people saying we missed out on a couple. Um, the World Cup obviously is a beautiful yeah, trophy. That is awesome. It's a beautiful trophy. We did mention yeah. America's never won it though, so it was not up for the conversation because oh, it's not sure. technically ours so we cannot we will by the way we will win we that will. don't you worry mm-hmm. about that and it will then answer it's in a it. but it, trophy. it's a beauty yeah, it's, it's, cool. yeah. it's a dope yeah. trophy it, it is uh the indy 500 uh bort oh. verner uh trophy um poor verner yeah bort bjorn werner is that where you drink milk don't you drink milk after you win that yeah well you you yeah but then you the trophy by the way it adds the uh it adds a face of the winner into the side of the Whoa. thing. And it also yeah. adds rings like the Stanley Cup does. So it stands mm. taller than some of the drivers that win. It is also a big trophy there at the Indy 500. I've never seen, seen it before. What was that? I've seen it. I mean, I've it's more synonymous with the <laughs> glass of milk, with your bottle of milk, which you have a problem if that's the case. You've never seen the Burr I've never no. seen the Bjorn Warner. I don't think that's it either. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was Warner? the original one, I guess. Okay. Yeah, because look, the, there's only a couple winners here. So those are the heads of the winners basically cut into Please. the metal, and then it adds on to that whole thing. So this is the top of it, and then it adds on to the bottom. That'd be a new one seat. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they have yeah, their that's, faces that's, that's, of each yeah. guy? Come Can you on. pull up the most recent one, too, next to Elio? Because I think Elio just won his fourth. It is as tall as Elio Castroneves. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. There's a hundred and what? hundred and four? So this that is might a be super a one seed. Yeah, yeah, this feels like Gonzaga. Yeah, Indianapolis tweeted... Uh, my account that was running a poll during the show about the trophies and a lot of people in Indianapolis were like, whoa, are you fucking kidding me with this? <laughs> what are we even talking about? And I, and my wife, by the way, was one of them. And the Lombardi stone, I, I think the Lombardi is the aside from in this entire conversation. It's okay. Your trophies do good. Our trophies bring the entire world a, a bazillion eyes to it. So it's one of those things. Like but the- whenever you talk about this, the, the Borg Werner, Look at that thing. Wow. Yeah, they add all the Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's the one. Sure. Yeah, it's a math. I mean, you get, I'm sure we can find mm. some. And there's the milk, by the way, that you're synonymous <laughs> with down there. It's too fucking big. What's huh? He, how's Healy? What it was? How's he getting it Elio, out of there? Elio, please. How's Helio getting it out of there? Well, he's putting it on the back of this rocket ship that he strapped himself into and drove 500 miles in Indianapolis in like 700 degree heat. Now that car that he's sitting on. Shout out Sirius XM, by the yeah. way. Get away. Uh, that car, he's in probably like five million. It, it, these things are so expensive. They blow a tire. It's like that costs them seven hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable what they do. The amount of gut sack it takes to hop yourself into one of these. But you're right. The trophy isn't just for parading around. I don't think. I, I don't think you're walking I mean, around you, with. If that's the question you got to ask, how are we getting this thing out of here? It's a one seat. <laughs> it's a one seat. I, like, what am I going to do? Yeah, it's a one seat. Why are there not wheels on the bottom of it? Um. Oh. Wow. Did you just make it 
the one seat even better. <laughs> I mean, come but on, we're talking about racing here. Give that thing a lift, maybe. So I think we have to do a full bracket yeah. for this now that we have really good call on this D butt. Yeah. Uh, I think we do have to do a full bracket. Zito is shirtless and waving his hand. For the Stanley Cup, is it better or worse that it has a handler? That guy, by the way, what he, he punked Nick. Nick is not on right now. I don't think. Uh, Did, have we called? Uh, have we called Michael what's up? Cole? Right now. No, Nick is on though. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta hang up. I think on Indy, right? To go, yeah. hey Nick. Yeah. Hey, we, this will be the. We gotta call Michael Cole. We gotta use the computer that's using the Indianapolis. Gotcha. Yeah. After this whole thing, Michael Cole. We're five minutes late, by the way. He's gonna have a full. <laughs> he's gonna have oh, a boy. full rundown of how <laughs> lack of the unprofessionalism of our. Show. Yep. I just got a text. Oh. <laughs> the whole, the whole oh, thing oh. he's gonna do there. We apologize. We'll talk to Michael Cole in a minute. Who is the voice of WWE for like the last twenty four years? But also, cool dude. Massive. Massive Knicks fan, Ooh. massive uh, Mets fan, massive sports fan, and cool guy. We'll talk about obviously our relationship. But Nick, the the Stanley Cup handler, I don't remember. Did we hate or like that guy? There was two of them, and the one we met wasn't the main guy. The main guy, I think his name is Phil Pritchard. Uh, the guy we met was like a substitute backup guy, and I don't think we loved him. He was a little. He was a little full of himself. Yeah, and I don't think I don't remember if it was us or the entire the entire environment we were in didn't appreciate what this guy was all about. But I think he was potentially trying to do his thing. He has gloves on, white oh, gloves, yeah. uh-huh. full suit. He carries that. They carry. They have hand. I guess a, a head handler, and then he delegates bullshit work to other handlers. But they carry that thing around after it gets partied yeah. with after the Stanley Cup. They prayed that thing around to different places. I think in Canada, obviously, and everything like that. It is well manicured. That Lord Stanley's Cup. Hey Pat. Hey, I know uh, Cole's coming on, but do yeah. they? He stays with it the whole time, right? So when they're partying with it, isn't he always inside of the cup? Is is he in that fountain that Ovi was and swimming around in? I, I would assume yeah, he's near, but and do they make him sign? Like, does he have to sign NDAs? NDAs. Is he is it like something? Hey, you can't speak of anything you see. What kind of parties? Secret guy service. Seen? Well, the hockey players, I from what I've been told, they do have a good time, and I've heard that they have good stamina in what they do as well, <laughs> yeah. and they might even add enhancements to to, to enhance their stamina, oh, yeah. right? Like going through Allegedly. things. Allegedly, I'm just saying I've heard well, this. Uh, some are alleged, some are not. <laughs> some have been caught and documented, <laughs> yeah. but I, I believe there is a potential. Who? All right. We're not, All right. All right. We're not going to get in, but I guess they are a stimulant community from what I've been told because they yeah. like to go. They mm-hmm. like to, while they're partying, I'm not saying in hockey because they get tested, but I'm, I've heard whenever they're partying and having a good time, they're going. So I, I assume that uh, uptight guy that we met with the gloves, he would have to see some things then with the old Lord Stanley, especially with the way Canadians get down and Russians mm. and everywhere that thing goes. What a life for that guy. Probably a lot of NDAs, if I had to guess. He'll write a book at one point, expose everybody, then <laughs> mm-hmm. he'll die. Something will happen. But we're going to learn a lot from the handler. Uh, joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of the WWE for the last 24 years, play-by-play man for Friday Night SmackDown, 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Fox tonight, Mr. Michael Soul Patch Haven. Coal miner leading, suit wearing, bad sports team cheering, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Cole. Yeah, Cole! 
a nice intro, Pat. You guys have clocks uh, in your studio. Okay. <laughs> See, yep. Knew something was going to happen. Knew you were going to address that. We got caught up in a uh, in a uh, a trophy conversation. Which, by the way, I think you would. Hey, whenever you. I guess the WWE title should yeah, be, or the Andre yeah. the Giant Memorial. Have you ever seen that thing? It's seven oh, yeah. foot tall or whatever. When you talk about trophies in sports and you have to rank them, obviously, in my eyes, Lombardi's number one. Everybody else is competing for number two. Lord Stanley's Cup, the NBA's talked about, that piece of metal uh, Rob Manfred called the MLB Championship. In your eyes, when you think about a, the perfect trophy, what do you think of, Michael Cole? WWE Championship. It's been around since 1960. Whoa, 61 years. Okay, aside from the WWE Championship, Michael Cole, aside from that, when you're talking about these trophies, and we'll pull up a photo of what we have here, what are your thoughts on Do you think they need to do more, do less? Should we spice some of these things up? What do you think, Michael Cole? Uh, Lord Stanley's Cup. Because it's so big? And I'll tell you why, because it's just the tradition of it all um, and, and everything they do with it and taking it on tour and drinking champagne out of it and the excitement. I'm not a hockey guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I really, really think that that is such a cool way to celebrate the championship. The tour of the cup goes on every year. It's so unique to that sport and to what they do, and I just think it's really cool. Why don't you like hockey? You're a stooge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I was brought up uh, in upstate New York. Uh, my dad had season tickets to the Mets, the Jets, and the Knicks, and I grew up uh, as a baseball, a basketball, and a football fan. You know, back in the um, in the early 60s when they built uh, Shea Stadium and the Jets and Mets uh, moved out of the polo grounds where they played for a year. Um, if, if you bought Mets season tickets, uh, they threw in Jets season tickets as part of the package. Um, oh, so and- that's why. Yeah. Yeah, and, and my dad had him from, from day one at Shea Stadium in 64. And um, as a kid growing up in the 70s, uh, I went to every Jets game, every Mets game. They were horrible, uh, both teams at the time. Um, but my first recollection ever of any live sporting event was 1973, Shea Stadium. Uh, it it was snowing, it was cold, and uh, O.J. Simpson went over 2,000 yards for the Bills against the Jets. And that was my wow. first recollection of any live sporting event that I ever went to. That and the 1973 World Series uh, where the uh, the Mets played the A's and uh, lost in seven. And Willie Mays was playing for the Mets that year. It was the only year that Willie played before he retired. And I remember Willie taking a walk and hobbling down to first base. And I remember my dad saying, Willie, say it ain't so you've got to retire and they, those are the two first recollections of any live sporting events and they both came in new york so i was brought up a huge mets and jets fan and a knicks fan as well spent a lot of my time at chase stadium in the garden as a kid oj simpson wouldn't just do that by the way no no he would do more he would alleged <laughs> yeah. well definite no, now yeah, at this yeah. point go ahead aj Michael, so when you don't uh, like, I'm trying to think in your normal everyday life when you're congregating with non WWE people, like say you're at a neighborhood cookout or something, and someone doesn't know you and they find out what you do and who you are, what kind of awful questions do you get? And do people question you now, like, hey, how do you handle how do you handle your co-host playing air guitar and air, and air humping your face two inches away? So uh, it's, it's, it's probably it's probably what you guys go through, right? Uh, you know. Uh, you hang around people, a lot of people don't know who you are, and then all of a sudden it dawns on them, and there's this realization of 
oh my god this guy's on television this guy is sort of famous in his world and um what, what can i ask this guy inevitably the questions are always do you know the do you know the rock do you know so called steve austin every single person that i ever meet for the first time that's what they ask me do you know the rock do you know stone cold steve austin I tend to say no, because once you say yes, then it opens up a huge can of worms. I was, about to, I was about to ask there, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but no. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Then I tell him I know Pat McAfee, and then the conversation really steers toward getting away totally from wrestling. Okay, but, uh, let's talk about the Rock and Stone Cold, though, because, you know, those clips... Of Michael Cole, baby Cole, okay? Oh, decades and decades ago, Attitude Era Cole. Hey, this company, we don't know what this company is going to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. There's a chance this company, by the way, would never go on to be a globally traded, multi-billion dollar conglomerate. I mean, obviously inside you guys thought that, but outside there was questions. There's old rock clips that are legendary where there's a young Michael Cole with a soul patch just right there on the other side of that thing that had to be a wild time to be in the wwe i assume huh incredible time you know when i started in the company uh it was uh early late 1996 early 1997 and um when i first started really getting on television just doing backstage interviews and the like um it was in the late 1997 period and that was the moment where the uh, very uh, infamous uh brett screwed brett incident happened where vince mcmahon uh, supposedly screwed over Bret Hart at the Montreal screw job at Survivor Series. I actually did an interview on that show, so I remember it vividly. And at that moment, um, over the next couple of weeks, we didn't know as a company if we were going to survive. We didn't know if we were actually going to have a TV show the next night, if we were going to have a TV show in six months. And WCW was kicking our ass in the Monday Night War. Um, it was a really tough time. My wife asked me a few times, you realize, dumbass, that you left a really stable job at CBS Radio to go to the circus world of the WWE, and now they might not even have a company in a year? What the hell are you going to do then? <laughs> so, um, you know, we all rallied together, and, uh, and that's when the Attitude Era started. And, uh, you know, about eight or, eight or ten great minds uh, got together in, uh, in a boardroom in, in, uh, in Connecticut and came up with creative and, and some ideas for the Attitude Era. And Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock were born in D-Generation X, and it changed the entire world of sports entertainment and changes life as we know it. It was an incredible time to be a part of this company. The creativity juices were flowing at a point that I've never seen before or since. Okay, so let's let's talk about – there's a lot to talk about there if I want to get real internet wrestling community. But do you um... – do you watch these docs that come out maybe that aren't from within the WWE docs in there? No. Or do you listen to these pods or interviews that happen when people talk about the, cause you were literally there. You're still there. There's not a lot of people, by the way, on the road, this son of a bitch, 24 yeah. years, every single week <laughs> on the road. There's not a lot of people that can do that. Now wow. he's, he don't, he doesn't have to take the bumps. Right. And, mm -hmm. and he's not, he's not doing that whole thing, but still, Hey, I did for a couple of years. <laughs> Undefeated at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. WrestleMania. No, but you're one of the only people that have been with this company from the glory days, good old days, where there's podcast, so many podcasts. There's um, there's entire Comic Con businesses out of this. There's entire conferences that have been created out of this era. And you're one of the only people that are still around. You don't listen to any of it, or it would, if you did, would you have to be like, well, not. 
Not necessarily, but like, is there any of that? Or because there's some things that I wish that you would have. And Darius, he could get out of his face there real quick. He'll do it. Oh my God, he didn't tap. I, I, yeah, I tapped, but I was still won the match, so it doesn't matter. Okay, I mean, I don't know how that. I don't remember well, the, the decision was reversed because Stone Cold Steve Austin cheated as the referee. There you go. He obviously did. He he went to the belt too quickly, just like Vince kind of yeah. did in that Montreal thing yeah. potentially. But the yeah. the when you t- hear about these stories potentially that are being told about the good old days that you were a part of, is there any that you you thought back to that you're like, man, what a fucking time to be alive there? Maybe maybe not on the show, but like something else. Is there ever has there been any of these new shows that have kind of rekindled any memories? You're like, ah, I forgot we did that. That was awesome. Anything like that? It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know our they asked me to do interviews a lot and um i have them refresh my memory of what happened i've called tens of thousands of matches in the last 24 years. they'll always ask me what's your favorite match what do you think of the match that happened in 2008 i don't remember honestly and then they have to remind me and then it'll be oh my god i remember that those days you know it's just great friendships that have developed over the years i mean jbl and i um uh really great friends because of this business i could tell you stories for hours on end um, of some of the stuff that John and I have done over the years. Um, it's just an incredible place to be. You know, it's such a different world now, though, Pat, as you know. You know, back in the Attitude Era, there were no, uh, you know, the Internet was just starting. There there were no podcasts. There, were, there wasn't Twitter. There was no social media. Um, any news that the wrestling fan wanted to get outside of watching the television show was either through a magazine or through a true dirt sheet, which was a sheet that was put out once a month by the dirt sheet writers, you know. So there was no instant feedback. The only feedback we got at the time and the only reason we knew guys like The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin were over was because of the reaction to the audience, the salad houses and the uh, television. I didn't even think about that. You know, and, and, and today it's instant feedback and it's an incredible switch of things. To be able to evolve and stay in the company for as long as I have, I've had to try to get used to the way things are done today, which is, and this is honestly got truth, one of the reasons you're on the show, Pat, not only because you're a talented, great broadcaster, but you are you know, locked into the digital world, into the social world, and you're able to teach me a lot of stuff um, on my end and also help teach our company a lot about what needs to be done, except for the air guitar, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. That's the thing I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, <laughs> it's true, though. It's a different world today. And speaking of SmackDown, hey, I got to go because you called me 10 minutes late, and I have a meeting that starts minutes with the chairman of the company no! so, come on hey tell him i said hello okay yeah. ladies and gentlemen michael cole yeah. thank you. Hey, hey, hey i don't know how you keep putting up with this guy seriously uh, well, hey, oh, I don't have to deal off. with it like you do. Hey, fuck off, huh? <laughs> oh, God, I'm separated by a couple hundred miles. Hey, well, uh, hey, Michael, hey, you see this? To work at like a decent hour today, or are you going to show up at like seven thirty again? With that tan sizzle off. I got to see, yeah, what, <laughs> what, what level we get to on this spray tan. You know what I mean? It might take a little bit. It might take a little bit more cooking. You know? Hey. Next week, call me a little earlier. We can chat a little bit more about this stuff. Hey, I appreciate you, man. You're a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Cole. Thank you. See? See? That's the thing about this show. Our lack of professionalism does get us every once in a while. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? People talk about it. People always said it's going to get us. We were just about to get into maybe a rock story. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe a Stone Cold story. Greatest era. It was awesome. Greatest. We'll be better. Middle school. I think I was in middle school at that time. Man, man, what, what they were what they were able to say on TV back in the day, <laughs> oh, yeah, Dude. and do like everything that they were doing was awesome. <laughs> Literally, he was. I mean, The Rock, 
there are some videos if they really wanted to put them out of context, they could put them oh, out yeah. in him in the WWE and just be like, hey, <laughs> there are some shit that you have to answer some questions to. Well, they could leave right after. Like, they wouldn't have to, you know, be worried about anyone catching them on a phone or anything like that. Like, they could live their lives and, still. By the way, people will come talk to them and they can literally look at them and go, hey, fuck, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, fuck you. I ain't doing it. Now, if you do that, it's like, you're on camera. Worst person ever. Why are they representing this company? This isn't what I'm a fan of. This is every. It's just like, you know, that's everything, by the way. That's yeah. not just the wrestling business. Uh, big thanks to Michael Colger. Yeah, so great. All right, let's get to a break. And then on the other side, we'll talk to A.J. Hawk about everything happening in the NFL. We got Bob Domofsky joining us in 35 minutes. He says he's got good stories on you, A.J. What's that mean? I don't know. And I'm, I'm curious to see if all of a sudden he has changed and, and goes by Bob now just because of this show. I think so. Hey, Bobbert. Bobo. Bobo. Bobby. Robbie. Rabo. Let's get to a break. We're back in four minutes. Some phone calls. Wrapping up the week that was and anything that could potentially happen this weekend. Big thanks to Michael Cole. Well, UFC this weekend. Oh. Hey, Nate, Nate Diaz is blowing some tree down in the middle of the press conference just one night mm -hmm. or two nights before he has a five-round battle with another man. I love him. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay up for all the other fights, but I'm going to watch that for sure. I think Dana knows that as well. Dana in the press conference, whenever all the smoke, the picture that got out, is looking over at him laughing, knowing that it, that's fucking Nate Diaz. <laughs> there ain't nothing any of us can do. He can smoke more than you. He will last longer than you. He has swam back and forth through Alcatraz, the thing that was supposed to kill everybody, which is why it was created. And that guy is black belt in jujitsu, by the way, not just a hand thrower. I'm excited for that. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons. Most of them, what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel. Obviously, you know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Shout out to Darius Butler joining us in studio. Our boy hey, D-Bot. Nine years in the NFL, host of the Man to Man podcast and everything DB. We're one hour away. Actually, 50... Seven minutes away from the Evan Foxy flick 
episode eight of Mr. Friday Night with a massive giveaway at the end of it. Some behind the scenes footage the week that was celebration. A lot of good stuff and a giveaway. Shout out to Foxy. Shout out to you for potentially watching it at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show and on Twitter at Pat McAfee show and on Instagram at Pat McAfee show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. We're opening up a little bit, I think, for these uh, for the vlog like things. We're on YouTube every single day live. Mm-hmm. The vlogs don't hit the same um, thing, I think, as our daily show and our daily clips do. Quota. So we're going to open it up, see if other social medias enjoy it. We have three different giveaways happening. Mm. Three. Three different giveaways on Instagram, at Pat McAfee Show, and Twitter, at Pat McAfee Show, and YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show for episode eight. Foxy's giving away Damn. three different giveaways. Fox loves doing that. He tried to give away 400 bucks from uh, Phil Maines yesterday. Mr. Shot. Sorry that didn't happen. Joining us now, AJ Hawk is back with us, obviously, from his attic. Hey, this episode here coming in 56 minutes, dude. I think it's his coolest one yet, to be honest with you, AJ. Really? I mean, I I always anxiously await Foxy Productions, so this one should be good. It is. This is... This is the coolest one. I've enjoyed this one. It's a little bit of a change in style. It's a little different pace. It's, uh, I'm a big fan of it. Can't wait for everybody to watch it. Joining us now is a man who had boots on the ground at the Green Bay Packers uh, mandatory minicamp. Who wasn't there? Aaron Rodgers. Whoa. Whoa. Who was there? Jordan Love, Blake Bortles. Whoa. Who else was there? A man who represents the Green Bay Packers for ESPN. A man who's been around a long time, even got a chance to cover A.J. Hawk. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Domofsky. Yeah! Whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? Bob was in both screens there. (laughs) Bob, how you doing, pal? Doing me there for a second. What's going on, guys? Hey, listen, I don't know you well enough to decide whether or not two of you is a good thing, but <laughs> I am excited to see how this goes. Bob, you were the topic of conversation, at least for ESPN and for us, a source of information to cover this week with the Green Bay Packers' official mandatory minicamp becoming the eyes of every football fan because Aaron's not there. What's Jordan Love look like? We all agree this is not Jordan Love's fault, but, man, he is in a position where everything he does is going to be scrutinized. What were your thoughts and takeaways from Packers after being boots on the ground this week, Bob? I thought we were just going to tell AJ Hawk stories. I got a whole list of them, like my favorite. I was writing them oh, down like, geez. oh, yes. Okay, we will definitely get to that. I hope one of them is him doing karate in a gym because we have video of that as well. But, Bob, your thoughts on uh, on, on mandatory minicamp, and I can't yeah. wait to get to that as well. Yeah, so, Pat, it was like, you know, the Jordan Love show, right? But – You've been in plenty of uh, mini camps and training camp practices, and I, I've been doing this for 25 years. And for 25 years, they've always done the quarterback reps the exact same way, whether it was Mike Holmgren, Mike McCarthy, Mike Sherman, whoever, as the coach. The starter takes like the first four or five reps. The backup takes the next three or four. The third stringer then gets like two or three, and then they start over and over again at the top. Yep. Not. There was a stretch where Jordan Love at one time took 16 snaps in a row. Then he took uh, the next period 10 snaps in a row. Uh, Yesterday, the last day of minicamp, they ran 31 plays of team. That's 11 on 11. And Jordan Love took the snap in 26 of those 31 plays. I mean, he he threw, I think it was uh, 57 passes. uh, No, I'm sorry, 70 passes this last three days. All of uh, training camp last year, he threw like 64 passes. So he threw more passes in three days 
this week than he did in three weeks of training camp last year. Okay, what were your, what were your thoughts? First day, not so good, a little bit of pressure. Right. I assume he was told by the team, hey, you're going to get all the reps basically here, day one. Day two, Blake Bortles, we did find out, hit somebody deep down the side. Day yeah. two, he looked good. Do you think they were, they were obviously like, hey, this is what our team's going to look like if this is how this is? That was very evident, you think? Yeah, I think they had to. They had no choice. Um, they had to, you know, throw him in and see just how he handled the full workload as if as if it were, you know, September 9th and they were getting ready to play at New Orleans three days later. Uh, I, I and we asked Lafleur at the end of the thing, you know, did you scale the playbook back? Did you hold back a lot? And he said, no. We threw everything at him. And you're right. The first day was borderline disastrous. The second day was borderline amazing. And the third day was, you know, somewhere halfway in between, which I think is just what you're going to get with a young quarterback. It's been so long around here since we've seen a guy or, or really had to judge a guy, you know, coming in off the street. Because in my time here, I basically covered two quarterbacks, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, as far as like the whole offseason goes. I know, you know, Aaron got hurt and there was some Brett Hundley in there for, you know, a stretch, but not like this, right, where it was an entire offseason of watching another quarterback and, and, you know, two things, one, you take for granted just how good Aaron is and how easy he makes it look. And then two, just how hard it is for somebody to come in and, and learn from the start and just basically start over at, at the ground level of quarterbacking. And it's, it's really hard. What was the atmosphere like out there? I know you've been to a million practices, a million mini camps. Was there a bunch of like fake enthusiasm? Like, what, hey, go, how did it go. feel not having Aaron there? It was weird, AJ, because as you know, like during the mini camps in the past, they'd have uh, they'd, they'd let fans line up along the fence, you know, on Oneida Street there. And this, there was no fans there. Um, this time, it was tarped up, so it was kind of a little bit dead the first day. And you know, when when Love was struggling, it was a little, ooh, you know, there was some grimacing going on but then as soon as he hit um i think it was aj Dillon on a a 30 yard wheel route down the sideline uh the second day there was a little bit of a buzz there and as each completion went on and on and on and and he was starting to fling the ball down the field there was a real vibe in there and a real energy and, and and it actually felt like one of those night training camp practices remember aj when mccarthy would practice under the lights and things would kind of get spirited and almost in like um, that's what that felt like. And at one point, uh, their tight ends coach, Justin Outen, took his play card and started fanning. He was doing this. He was fanning off. Oh, wipe him down. Because he was on fire. Hey, Bob, uh, I love the thought of you covering the team, talking about those night practices, and then AJ in the middle of those practices dying with all the intensity. They're, oh, yeah, let's amp up the intensity. Yeah, this is great. Okay, here we go. We are gonna, we're going to die out here. Just two different sides of one di- uh, particular practice. We're talking to Rob Domofsky, ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Green Bay Packers, which has been the entire story of mandatory minicamps. Basically, Ty Schmidt, owner of the Packers, has a question for you bob after uh, mark murphy said everything about how he thinks the the fan base is kind of divided on the rogers thing uh based on like your twitter mentions and stuff like that and i guess the how it is like up where you're at in wisconsin do you view that the same way or is it more like we were saying yesterday it's probably more so 99 percent wants rogers back but they understand the situation or do you really think the fan base is kind of like divided on this it's hard to tell ty because like for one thing 
I try not to look at my mentions. Yeah, it's figured. Not, not pretty Bob, Bob, you don't deserve that, Bob. You've done great work out there. <laughs> but I will, I, I will say this: like, um, the so the story breaks originally. The Schefter report breaks on the Thursday of the draft, right? I'm in this. I'm in my office Cumulative. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, locked in covering the draft. Sunday morning, I go to play golf. Uh, first time I had been out of the house really since the story broke, and I go to the driving range to hit a few balls before I play. And there's like eight people on the driving range. And four of them were basically like, man, what are they doing? They should fire Gutekunst, fire Murphy, and give Rodgers everything he wants. And the other four guys were basically like, forget Rodgers, man. I'm done with this guy. So Whoa. that was ball sampling of uh, – uh, it was a, it, it's a very unscientific driving range poll three days after the story broke. And, and to be honest with you – um, that's my best gauge of it. I do. There is one guy, and I, I, I almost wanted to knock on his door. But I drive past his house almost every day um, on Webster Avenue. AJ will know where that is, right across from the hospitals in Green Bay. And he's got a sign in his front yard, and it just says, Aaron, go pack, which is, I assume he means, Aaron, pack your bags, uh, using the familiar, like, go pack, right? That's the, the, the oh, cheer that you do. Oh, Because there's no go at the end because it's go pack go, isn't it? Yeah. Right. This is Aaron go pack. So I, I don't know. Oh, I kind of want to ask the guy what it means. But uh, to be honest with you, the house is a little sketchy, and I didn't want to knock on the door. Well, <laughs> that guy sounds like a stooge, by the way. And he'll be packing it in, I assume, if Aaron does end up leaving. Has that become... Something that you are ready to stare down, Bob? You just said it. 25 years, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Your life becomes very different if Aaron Rodgers goes elsewhere, doesn't it, Bob? Are you a package deal like Windhorse? Yeah, you know, like, I'll, I'll go where, you know, if he wants to take me along and put me on the payroll, I guess, right? Uh, no. Here's the thing, Pat. Like, um, I, I typically, we, we all go on vacation, you know, those of us that cover the NFL. Like, as soon as minicamp's over, you kind of shut her down till till training camp this this is the time when we take time off so before i go on vacation for the next month i got to do three things i've got to write one story for him signing a contract extension and coming back i've got another story on if they trade him and i've got to write a third story on if he retires just so when i'm whatever happens when i'm on vacation i'm covered Smart Bob, go ahead, D. Butt. Hey, what's up, Bob? Uh, I know you get a lot of Aaron Rodgers talk, Jordan Love. I want to talk a little bit about the defense. Shout out my cousin too, Randy Ramsey, out there in the Packers. But oh, our first round <laughs> pick, um, Stokes. How does he look with that? I like because I really love the Green Bay secondary with Alexander Savage, Amos. How does he look? Is he fitting in? A lot of a lot of fans weren't happy with the pick. A lot of people yeah. felt like that was a reach at that spot. How does he look so far? Well, the guy who played on that side of the ball, you'll probably love this. Um, he had a pick six of Jordan Love in practice the other day. Nice. Uh, I mean, a rookie first-round pick coming in the first nice. minicamp, and he, he 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 comes up with a pick six. Uh, showed his speed. I I kind of like the pick. Um, and, and look, I know everybody's going to say, ah, they didn't help Aaron, but but I wrote this right after the draft that if Aaron were willing to consider it, he would look at this draft class and see that it's actually going to help him win right away if he comes back. Because what were the problems? In the NFC Championship game, one, the cornerback play, right? Kevin King got completely exposed. Right before the uh, half, two, especially. The offensive line, so they take Stokes in the first round. Two, the offensive line was, you know, kind of a mess with Bakhtiari's injury. They lose Corey Lindsley now in free agency. What do they do? Second round, they draft a center who looks like he's going to start right away and be another Corey Lindsley, who was a great player. And then three, they, they take a slot receiver with Amari Rodgers, who they haven't 
have anybody hey, Bob, like that? Bob, 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 Bob. Yes. I know you work for ESPN, so it doesn't. Don't just spit in Corey Lindsley's face like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Corey Lindsley is awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Now that's what this table does as well when they're about to bury somebody. But oh, they drafted this guy second round. Looks like he's just going to be Corey Lindsley again. It's like Bob, have a little bit of fucking respect, please. He, this guy might be, by the way, he might be. But can yeah. we not crown a guy before? Yeah. You know what I mean, Bob? That's that's a yes. Oh, you're right. That's yeah. fair. That's totally fair. But my point is that they didn't just ignore the okay. fact that they lost an all-pro center. Is that they, they went and got another guy that they think could be that way from Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, Rob, what has to happen, you think, now? Like, what can the front office do to try to patch things up? Have you yeah. talked to him more than than AJ has put in off of the, Do you have any – does anybody have any information in this thing, Bob? I'll be honest with you. Uh, the last time I spoke with him – was the day before he went on your show and did the, you know, the right around the Jeopardy time. I think it was, oh, yeah. I, I actually just went back and look at the clip. I think your show was April 5th. And that was the day where um, I think you said Bob Domofsky about 25 times. And Rogers <laughs> was like, do you have a quota? How many times you're going to say that? Well, you uh, which, asked him a follow-up you, because you did good journalism in there. And it felt like Aaron had enough respect for you, by the way, he actually answered yeah. you. So that's why I, yeah, we talked the day before that. It was honestly one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with Aaron, uh, and I've had a lot of them, but it was just all about Jeopardy. But I hung up the phone that day, and of course this is before all the, you know what, hit the fan. Uh, I hung up oh. the phone that day going, okay, he knows he's probably going to play one more year here and he's going to make one more run at it. And I hung up the phone going, all right, this is, this is the last dance. Um, and then obviously, you know, all hell broke loose. So, um, I have not spoken directly with him since then. I'm sure AJ has before that. So I, I don't want to put words in his mouth because um, crazy Brady Papinga once accused me of doing that. So uh, I'm not going to do it. Um, I have blocked Brady on Twitter, by the way. I just couldn't take it. Oh. AJ's buddy. No, yeah, AJ I mean, just mentioned him yesterday, yeah. I think. I think we just also, talked about yeah. Brady, big Brady. Uh, you said crazy Brady. Wow. Taking shots at him, Bob? You, crazy Brady Papinga. He's coming, why is he coming after you? I, I mean, that's, this was like a year ago after they drafted Jordan Love, and I said that I talked to somebody who said it would light a fire under Aaron and that he would be irate about the pick. And I think it turns out both things are true and ended up being right. But Brady thought I was putting words in his mouth, and I just I, I couldn't take Brady anymore. I love the guy, but I just I had to shut him out. All right, uh, let's hear some AJ Hawk stories here. Now, okay. listen, but Bob, 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 before you get to that, okay? Okay. There was a video that was introduced to our lives uh, last night. That we would like to can't we, wait to see. We'd like to watch it. I we're on the plane when this thing came through last night. I cried on a plane last night for seven to eight minutes watching this video for the first time. Just thinking of AJ Hawk's reaction after this, he was forced to do this. What he thought it was going to be going into it, and I assume a lot of your stories are going to be interacting with AJ and his feelings with things. Were you at this, Bob? And was this potentially your video? <laughs> what? What is it? AJ, what is it? What are you? How? You wish you would you would have torn your groin and been oh, three minutes old. Proud of it. Okay. How many of these events were happening around I mean, Green Bay? 
Dude, you know, this was, is, this is, is that Columbus. the recorded loop where they he only did it once yeah. or twice and they just kept yeah. splicing it and splicing oh. it? <laughs> I, the more times Such I watched power. it, so much the, power. the hard I started laughing. Say, is, look at those shorts. You don't know about those giant shorts, either. Uh, <laughs> what did you think you were showing up to here, AJ? Will you please yeah. tell me? What did you think this was? Did you know you are going to be doing karate with these two so guys? The, dude, the shaved head guy actually is like a legit Taekwondo guy, I believe it was. But no, that's not that's a disgrace to karate to call that karate that was just trying to i don't know honestly i have no idea what the hell was <laughs> obviously not being not having any kind of technique and not knowing how to kick that's what i'm doing but hey it's a good workout man keeping the hands up so what, this was supposed to be a marketing for this d1 gym is this what was supposed to sell people to come to this thing it was for something else i don't know what exactly oh uh, that was oh, awesome. aj shit. thank you aj hey pat oh. AJ ever tell you about the time that um, he took a cab from Minneapolis to Green Bay? No. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, that was not a lot of fun. That was terrible. So, okay, so if I if I remember the story right, it was um, late in the OTAs, and um, you were out of town for the weekend. It was like the last week of OTAs, oh, and you were flying back into Green Bay. And as you know, this isn't the easiest place to get to, and so he he changes planes. I think in Minnesota, and um, he uh, he misses his flight or the flight's canceled and he's got an OTA the next morning and there's no rental cars. The whole rental or the rental car place is closed. And so Minnesota's like four and a half hours away from Green Bay. <laughs> and he walks outside of the airport and he asks the cabbie how much would it take to get me to Green Bay? And it's like midnight. And I, what, I think the guy said 500 bucks. Is that right? It turned out to be way more than that, but you know what? <laughs> I, uh, oh, shit. My workout bonus was on the line, so I was going to make it back. For <laughs> well, I wonder, so I found out about this, and I wrote a, I pulled AJ aside that day after OTAs, and I said, hey, I, I heard you took a cab back. And he goes, well, how'd you hear that? I go, I, I, to be honest, I don't even remember. And he said, yeah, I was coming from here and this, and whatever. How, maybe it was, it might have been like two grand. Whatever it was, ended up being a hilarious story. But I never did get to ask, is the only reason you did it because you had like the whatever the, the cab fare was going to pale in comparison to if you if you miss one more OTA and you need to get your No, Bob, it's cuz he was a good teammate. Hey, <laughs> listen. Hey, that's hey Bob, that's one of those things where yeah. these OTAs mo pro. Monday morning something happens and people travel for the long weekend, especially yeah. at the end where they got Fridays off, Saturday, Sunday off or whatever. Every you hear every coach, it's like, "Hey, Meetings at 7.30 Monday morning. Be a pro. Don't miss it. There's yeah. there's horror stories of guys' planes being delayed or canceled in, like, Charlotte trying to get to yeah. Indy. I've never heard somebody taking a five-hour cab ride overnight. Well, AJ, eight. what a teammate. Wow. No, no, no. What a teammate. OTAs. OTAs. That bonus is on the line. Yeah, hey. yeah and, and I hadn't missed any days, so I still would have gotten my bonus, but I was just going to be there. And my wife was with me, but there was, it was one of those deals. Flight canceled. No rental cars available. Uh and by the way, I had multiple people though from my plane say, "Hey, you want to get a car together?" And I'm like, "No, I already got a, I already got something set up already." Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one of my in 25 years of doing this, that is one of my favorite, most fun stories to write. Now, there's one more, uh, and I think it might have been the Super Bowl season of 2010, although I'm not 100 percent sure. But I, the first game of the year, I think, was at Philly, and they played like all dime defense, and AJ yeah. didn't get a single snap, like. Not one snap. And I, I'm not going to sell out who the source was, but I get a call from somebody close to AJ that says to me that next morning, he goes, you know, if you wrote a story that said, AJ Hawk basically says, play me or trade me, you wouldn't be wrong. You, 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, AJ. I write this story 
The next week, AJ plays 70 of 70 snaps on defense and never is out of the lineup again. So I, I never got any kickback for helping AJ. Get <laughs> he probably he probably had to get two more knee surgeries after 70 reps in that next game. But uh, Bob, we appreciate your service to sports media. Can't wait to see what the hell happens. Which one of the three stories breaks? And uh, we appreciate you spending time here on this Friday, Bob. Thanks for having me, and I gotta say this: you gotta have Matt Schneidman on because he probably is your number one media slash fan supporter. He's he turned me on to your show before I ever even knew about it. We so. love Schneidman. Yeah, We're guy. big Schneidman fans over here, and Lily. Yeah, Lily. Yeah, Lily. You got a good you got a good like uh, team of press over there, at Green Bay. I hope you guys enjoy the hell out of that, ladies and gentlemen. ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Green Bay Packers, Rob Domovsky. Yeah. All right, that's the show. We appreciate everybody who listens, watches along, supports us in any way. We know there's a lot of stuff out there that you could be watching or listening. So the fact that you guys are spending your days with us, uh, it, it means a lot. Don't forget to check out episode eight of Mr. Friday Night. Foxy put that together. That's on YouTube. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. Uh, we're giving away some, some pretty sweet stuff. If you stick around and watch that and also hashtag end a pod squad, we'll continue to give out money to you guys throughout the rest of the summer. Send us a picture. Let us know where you're at listening to the episodes. We just want to check in with you guys outside of that. Have a great weekend. We got a big show coming for you on Monday. Thanks for listening. Cheers. I just want to, I just want to,